You are listening to The Holly Hall Show. Every week, Holly will discuss global news, her unique views, interview amazing guests, and often with an astrological twist. Holly has over seven years' experience as a talk show host and 23 years' experience as an astrologer and dream analyst. Sit back, relax, and enjoy another intriguing and informative hour here on A to Zen FM. Now, here's your host, Holly Hall. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another amazing Sunday here at AdaZen.fm. You are listening to The Holly Hall Show. And I will say good evening, good afternoon, or good morning, depending on what part of the world you're on, because we are syndicated all over the place. And I know I've got listeners all over the place. I have a very special show for you today. I know usually I talk about astrology and what's going on for the the week ahead and all kinds of other stuff around around dreams and astrology. But today, I could not resist Megan Dahlia Kamina. She has a great book called Getting Real About Having It All. She has been very popular in the media at the moment and has been interviewed on Channel 10 News and Channel 7 Morning Show. She is also the finalist in two categories in the NAB Women Agenda Business Award. Her book is grounded in the realities of the real world. It's a must-read for any woman. And it I mean, I've been watching her videos. I've been reading her her blogs, I've been reading her websites, and this is about a personal story that she's experienced, and yet it is personal to every single one of us, every single one of us women who want to have it all. We want to have the job, we want to have the great successful career, the fulfilling personal life, health, and happiness. So having spent close to 20 years working for large multinational companies, Megan decided to put paper and pen together and write a book for us women who want to have it all. I'm not going to give you too much details because I want to get the story straight from the horse's mouth. So let's welcome Megan to the show. And it doesn't look like she's here yet. Okay. (laughs) So let's just that I will give you some more details. Oh, there she is. Hello, Megan. Hi. Hi. How are, how are you? you? I am so fantastic. <laughs> so you're okay now? Yes, I'm fine. I, I had to dial in because the Skype didn't work. Oh, okay then. Um, we'll have to check into that. So if you could just speak loud and clear, that would be great. It's a little bit muffled because I want to make sure everybody hears every word that comes out of your mouth because this is an amazing book that you have written. I saw your show on YouTube where you were interviewed by Channel 10 talking about your book. And when I first read the title, Having It All, Getting Real About Having It All, um, I didn't think of it just directed towards women. I just thought of it directed towards society in general, how the media kind of portrays uh, television and movies and commercials that having it all is what's so important in life to make to create happiness for you. But then as I got reading more and more about your material, it's more geared towards women. And I have another beef about that as well, too, because you know, since the 1950s or 60s, when the media started pointing all of their commercials towards women, because they're the ones who are going to, you know, buy the stuff for the house or approve of buying stuff for the house, 
the women went out into the work world so that they could create their own income. And it has, you know, there are some some studies out there and some experts out there that say it's created a problem in the family dynamic with the children. And yet there are other, uh, especially women, who have fought for many, many years to be able to be in the workforce alongside of men. And I still think, as you had mentioned, there's a long way to go. Um, that that say, no, our children aren't suffering, our family isn't suffering, we can have it all. So I'm, I want to just congratulate you and thank you for putting a book out like this. And I want to talk more about your personal experience at first because it says here that you worked for some pretty large multinational companies. So what happened before the writing of the book to get you to this place now? Okay, so... Look, my background, as you said, I've spent, you know, nearly 20 years working in, you know, very big multinational organizations and working all over the world. I, uh, I've worked, you know, in Australia and Asia and the U.S., uh, running um, strategy departments, marketing departments, working on organizational culture and change programs, leadership programs and uh, doing a lot of work around gender diversity. So, you know, how do we get and keep more women in business so that women can have the careers that they want to have and make an active contribution, you know, to society and to the workforce. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to get into some of the comments that you made, but we'll get into those later, I'm sure. Okay. Um, So, you know, I've done that uh, for nearly 20 years, Um, done a lot of study along the way, have a master's degree in business, I have a master's degree in wellness with a major in positive psychology. Um, and I'm, you know, really have built over the last eight or eight or so years a deep fascination with how can we, and when I say we, I mean I'm talking about women, but I could equally talk about men and I'd love to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how can we do work that we are passionate about? How can we build careers that we love? You know, because I think for a lot of women, it, it, it's one or the other. You know, we have this great career um, or we have a balanced, happy, healthy life. And through my personal journey of, you know, working very hard for a very long time and ending up quite sick because of it, um, you know, I'm very fascinated with the science of thriving and how we can do everything that we want to do. That may not be society's definition of what having it all in inverted commas looks like and we can talk about that but it's having all of what we want as individuals um, on our own terms and knowing how to do that in a way that works for us and um, I'm assuming that you're uh, also a family person you have children has been during all of this uh, yes I um, mm-hmm. I'm a single single mum and I have been oh, for mm-hmm. most of my son's 12 years I was married uh, mm-hmm. divorced when he was uh, nearly two mm-hmm. um, so yeah he's 12 in just started high school and uh, yeah so yeah wow, very we... much uh, very family oriented well we have a lot in common my 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 was single since my daughter was one and she's now 13. <laughs> <laughs> Just about to go oh in that. Oh my goodness! Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's, it's in the world in this world now with technology and Facebook and 
and the internet, we really have to do we do have to keep a close eye on what our children are doing um to keep them safe. And so I can see that somebody wanting to have a career if they're outside of their home. I mean, you and I are able to work uh partially within our home being self-employed, but if you work outside of the home and then being a, if you're a single mom to boot and then taking your kids taking care of your kids, maybe not getting home till six or seven o'clock. Uh, that's a lot to juggle. Yeah, look, it certainly is. It, it, it most certainly is. And I spent a lot of time in my career, um, you know, working the 60, 70 hours a week and being on a plane and being in hotel rooms. Um, and it is really challenging, I think, to find, um, to find what is it that works for you? you know, as an individual, and that works for your family, that works for, you know, for your career. Uh, and it's a journey of discovery. And, you know, mm-hmm. with, the, with the women that I coach, you know, with my private clients, um, it can be a long and windy road, you know, to get to what is that right situation. I think the key is being open to going on that journey and not just settling for something that you really know, if you really think about it, isn't working for anybody. Before I get to the next question, can you let my audience know uh, the best way to get a hold of you if they want to have workshops, where they, where they can get your book from? Certainly. Uh, the best place you can find me is at my, is at my website, which is uh, megandalakina.com. So that's M-E-G-A-N-D-A-L-L-A. C-A-M-I-N-A.com, com, And you can get links to my book and to how you can engage with me and all sorts of things through there. Oh, that's perfect. So I think the next question I'd like to ask you is about just as you were um, writing the book, before you were writing the book, you said you were, it says here that you're recovering from a burnout. And I think a lot of women are surviving burnout. Like they're just barely, you know, they're working and they're probably burnt out and don't even know it. They're just in this routine. Absolutely. Yeah, this routine that's like zombies walking around, right? <laughs> Trying Absolutely. to be super yeah. mom. So what's the what's the best advice you would give them? Well, look, I thank you for making this point because I see this everywhere I look. Um, and I see, I, I call it being on the treadmill, you know, people are just on the treadmill and running so fast, don't look left, don't look right, because you feel you're going to fall off. And unfortunately, what happens for so many people is they hit the brick wall, you know, in front of them. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. I think there are a lot of people who aren't burnt out, so they're not, they may not be sick enough that they're not functioning, where they need to go to the doctor and, um, you know, and deal with it that way because they're getting through. They're just barely getting through. Um, But they have that greyness about them. You know, there's no colour there. So, look, I think the first thing is, number one, is recognising that that's where you're at. Right. And how would they recognise it? How would they recognise it? Well, I think think the first thing I say to people is... um, to bring some, bring some quiet, still time into your life mm-hmm. um, so that you can become aware of what's going on in your body. Mm-hmm. You know, I think for people who are perpetually busy, which is so many, a large majority of women um, and men, I might add, um, 
we're so busy that we just don't know what's going on inside ourselves. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I say to my clients is, if you do nothing else, start a meditation practice five minutes in the morning and five minutes in the evening. Okay. Everyone has five minutes that they can sit, close their eyes and breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, for so many people, the start of very subtle but significant shifts in understanding what is going on inside themselves. Mm-hmm. And getting in touch with that sense of, you know, am I well? Am I thriving? Am I coping? Um, or am I just on this treadmill? So once they start to realize, so yeah, the, what, yeah, what would the next step be? Um, so I think after you, after you realize where you're at, well, then you can start to make some changes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it might be, I see women all the time who... Um, they're, they're doing okay, you know, they're happy in their work and they're, and they're you know, they've, they've got their home life, um, you know, happy as such, but they had no boundaries around either. So, you know, I, have, I, have, I had a woman telling me the other day that all she wanted to do was take a bubble bath, but, you know, the dog was coming in, the kids were coming in, the husband was knocking on the door, and she eventually just got out of the bath because she said it was just too hard. Yeah. And I said to her, I said, well, do you have a lock on the bathroom door? You know, very simple, what is your boundary here? This is your time, this is 20 minutes for you. So mm-hmm. trying to work out, that's a very simplistic example, but, you know, it plays out in, in much bigger ways when you look at boundaries around when you will and won't work, what time the BlackBerry goes off at night, um, you know, when you'll respond to calls, uh, when you're there for your children and when it's time for you to have some time with yourself or your partner. So, you know, boundaries, are, and I write a lot about this and I talk a lot about this, it's, uh, it's of critical importance when we look at trying to get that balance right. Yeah, and I think we fail, especially as mothers, I think we're terrible for creating boundaries because we don't see it. Boundaries is a great word because what we're calling it is we're calling it it's, it's not about me, it's about them. But it isn't. It isn't about giving yourself more and giving them less. It's about creating exactly what you said. Um, boundaries. Now, in your book, getting real about having it all, you also talk about uh, creating a life vision. What do you mean by a life vision? Yes. So I find a lot of people. Um, I get a couple of reactions when I start talking about life vision. A life vision is. Uh, the picture of what you want your life to look like, mm-hmm. which sounds very simple. A picture of what you want your life to look like. So how do all of the different aspects of what you want in your life fit together? Um, your career, your family, your children if you have them, your partner, your friends, um, your spiritual life if you have one, uh, your hobbies. Um, mm-hmm. All of the pieces, how does, it, how does that all fit together for you? And I get a couple of reactions when I, when I ask people this question. I get the reaction of just a completely blank stare, yes. which is, what, what are you talking about? I've never yeah. even stopped to consider what that mm-hmm. is, what it could look like. Um, or I get the, oh, don't be so ridiculous, who has time? You know, I've got kids and a husband and a, and a job and a dog and a cat and a guinea pig. Uh, I, who, who has time? <laughs> That yeah. violent sort of, you know, anchory reaction, mm-hmm. um, but it's an indulgent thing to, uh, you know, to think about. Um, or I get just complete fear. Of, I wouldn't even know where to start with that. 
So this is another step, you know, that I that I recommend uh, to people when they when they really want to look at everything, uh, which is why it's the second chapter in the book, is to really sit down and really think about what is it you want your life to look like. This is not an indulgent exercise. You know, you have one life, um, and it is yours to create what you want to create out of it. And you know, you're worth that time to sit down and really think about. How, how could this all fit together for me in the ideal situation? Because mm-hmm. then you can build a path to that. Very good. And, you know, that sounds, it, it does sound complicated. It sounds like, oh, but I think it's one of those things that once you find out one, just even, just name one thing that you want in your life path or your, your life vision, it'll snowball. Next thing you know, there's like, oh, well, then I want this and I want that. And, you know, it's like finding yeah. the perfect uh, store with all the clothes that you love in absolutely. it. And the first, thing, the first thing is about granting yourself permission to ask the question. Mm-hmm. You know, permission to ask the question, what do I want my life to look like? Mm-hmm. And, um, I like- and by giving yourself permission to go down that path, um, it can absolutely snowball and it can get very exciting as well. Yeah. And I, I like the fact that you brought up that they have fear. I want to elaborate that, elaborate on that after this commercial break that we're going to be going on in a moment. Uh, we're talking to Megan Daly, Dalla Kamina. She's just released a book called Getting Real About Having It All. It's a Hay House uh, release. And we are going to talk more about fear and getting what you want in life after this break. You are listening to the Holly Hall Show here at A2N.FM. Global news with an astrological twist. If you want to get a hold of me, I'd love to have you as a friend on Facebook at Astro Holly or contact me at Holly Hall at A2N.FM. We welcome your phone call, your questions, and comments. Please call now, 815-880-TALK. Come on, what's stopping you? 815-880-8255. You can Skype us for free from anywhere. Just add us to your Skype. A2Zen.fm is our Skype name. Or you can find the logo and click on it on our website. Call now at 815-880-TALK. Chat soon. You're listening to A2Zen.fm. Life-altering talk radio. Anything from activism to Zen and everything in between. Right here and now. Informative, inspiring, engaging. Our hosts provide you with the global news and educated advice you need to make a difference in your life, in your world. Knowledge is power. A2Zen.fm Welcome back, everyone, to the Holly Hall Show here on A to Zen FM. This is a beautiful Sunday evening here in chilly Toronto, Canada, and I am talking to Megan Dalla Camina, who just uh, released her book, Getting Real About Having It All with Hay House. You can find her at MeganDallaCamina.com. Uh, .au. I'll find out. She'll give me the details there for a second. I want to make sure that you can find her. But she's coming all the way from Australia. I don't think it's cold there as it is here. Welcome back, Megan. Thank you. Great to be here. Can you uh, name your website again for us? Sure. It's com. 
Okay, it is dot com. Great. Now we were com. talking. Yeah. We were talking about fear, and the one thing about the human condition or the natural human condition is that most of us do need to be put into a place where we're almost just as afraid of the life that we're having now as we are about changing it (laughs) before we actually make any changes right and so what I like to tell people especially when I'm coaching them as well too is that if you're not happy and if you're desiring something you know you have this secret sort of a dream that if only your life was just a little bit different it the the universe will work on having you create that change because you've already put it in your and and your subconscious does it we we desire happiness we all desire happiness it's innate in us so eventually things will come to halt and creating that change in your life. So what would your, but but we're afraid of it. So what would your advice be to help people get past the fear of change? Yeah, but this is a great topic. And I've got a whole chapter in the book on how to create change because it is, uh, it's a big trick, right? And I know from my own personal experience, um, if I'd understood the process of change and how to do that, Earlier in my life, you know, mm-hmm. things uh, things might have been a little bit easier. But I think mm-hmm. that fear is a really interesting topic. Um, you know, we all, you know, as you said, it's an it's an innate thing. You know, we all we all have fear. We all experience fear. Mm-hmm. For me, the critical piece is um, what you do with that fear. So, you know, sometimes we're fearful. Um, you know, instinctively because, you know, we're in danger. And, of course, you know, if there's a tiger running at you, you want to be scared of it because it's going to, you know, help you run away faster. Um, but when we start looking at a change process, you know, say you want to change jobs and, you know, you, you really know deep in your heart that you're in the wrong job and that you want to go over here and do this new thing, um, one of the first things that will come up for you is fear. Mm-hmm. And some of that fear might be uh, might be very helpful. It might be well, make sure that you've got your finances locked down. You know, make sure you've got a good transition plan, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it can you know help to make sure that you are you know you've got your things lined up. But the other part of the fear can be the ego side of of, of fear. You know, mm-hmm. which is trying to keep you stuck. So okay. this is when we have the inner critic come up, and we have the fear voice that says. Don't be crazy. You're in a secure job. You'll fail if you go over there. Um, you know, you're not good enough to go and do that new position. And all of these, you know, this inner critic voice that comes up, um, which is brought up by fear to keep us where we are. And that's mm-hmm. the fear that we need to learn, I believe, to recognize so mm-hmm. that we can overcome that. Because when that voice comes up, we can say, no, I know what that is. And thank you, but I'm going to go over here anyway. <laughs> Um, so Sorry, you know, it's differentiating, differentiating between what's what's real and what do you mm-hmm. really need to pay attention to, and what do you need to move through, uh, mm-hmm. because it's the you know the false evidence appearing real version of fear, not reality. Right, right. That's very well said, and yes, false reality. One of the things, one of the exercises that I learned years ago uh, about fear was to break it down 
to the worst possible scenario. So you'd have to go, what am I afraid of? Then you label what the fear is. What, so let's say it's, um, you know, I have a secure job that makes good money. Well, what would happen if you didn't have a secure job that made not not as good money, but you were happy with? And then you label that. And then you just keep breaking it down until it becomes really not that bad. You know, you realize that the worst yeah. case scenario, I will survive it. Right. Yes. And then you go, then the yeah. fear of what, what, what do you fear if you stay in the job? Think about that too. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know that yeah, I'm going to lose my mind or I'm never going to be there for my kids or I'm so exhausted all the time. I have no time for my husband, you know? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah. that's, that's, that's beautiful. And I think, you know, one of the, when you look at change and a lot of work in change management, when you look at change and when you look at thing, you know, like individual change, it's mm-hmm. what's the price of not changing? Right. And as you say, when you go all the way down to the bottom, it's what's the worst possible thing that can happen? Well, you know, if you want to go on, if you want to lose 20 pounds, but you don't want to go, you don't want to stop eating the chocolate, well, what's the price of not changing? Well, mm-hmm. another 20 pounds. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, what's the price of not changing your job? Well, I'm absolutely miserable. I want to jump out the window every day when I go to work, yeah. you know, or throw staples at my boss's head. You know, what, yeah. what's the price of sitting there? So, well, no, I reason- think that's a, great, that's, that's a great exercise. Well, there's a reason why the antidepressants is a multi-billion dollar company right now or multi-industry you know, industry absolutely. right now. And that's what people yeah, are doing. They're eventually. Yeah, they're numbing their their way through life. Um just yeah. so that they don't have to deal with the what ifs, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you know, it's a pain. It's a very painful. If you ever sense anyone who's in that depressive yeah. state, it's a very yeah. painful uh, position for the people who are. Well, Megan, Megan, what is your story? Oh, did we lost Megan? <laughs> okay, she'll call back. Call back, Megan. So what I want to do is I want to ask her what her story is. And uh, and see what happened with her. Did she quit her multi-industry, um, high-industry jobs? Did she get pushed out? Did she get so stressed out um, that, nope, <laughs> here we go. Thank you, Megan. Thank you for calling back. Um, so no we, were, we were talking about... What happens when, oh, I want to ask you what happened to you? What happened with you? Or did you quit your job? Did you leave your job? Did you realize I can't handle the stress anymore? What was your breaking point? So when, uh, that was about eight years ago when I was, you know, I'd, I'd just come off the back of about 12 years of working exceptionally hard. And by hard, I mean really long hours, lots of travel, uh, all different countries, all different time zones, um, you know, for a long time, more than a decade. And I loved what I was doing. I loved my work. Um, but it got to a point, you know, add on another couple of years after that, you know, after that 12 years, um, and, you know, put a child into the mix, uh, put a divorce into the mix. Yeah. Um, you know, I completed my first master's degree whilst doing an exceptionally big job. And I wasn't listening to the sing- signals. So I wasn't, I didn't have any stillness or quiet time in my life. It was just go, 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 go the whole time, fall into bed, get up, do it again. And I got to a point where I literally woke up one day and I was, you know, I was sick. Um, 
and I hadn't, if I had have been aware and in tune with my body, if I had have had a meditation practice or a yoga practice, um, then I maybe would have heard the signals and I wouldn't have got to the point that it got to. But it got to the point where I just woke up one day and I said, I, can't, I just can't do this anymore. Um, you know, I had driven myself to, you know, to that point of, uh, you know, I've been quite ill. I had complete adrenal exhaustion. Um, mm. You know, I had thyroid issues. Um, mm. You know, my body had just basically said enough is enough is enough. So I, um, I changed, I took a couple of months off work and I changed my, I changed my role because I had had this realization that one of the things I needed, I needed to get well and healthy but the other thing that I needed to do was I needed to change the way that I was working. So I ended up working uh, part-time, uh, which is something I never, ever thought that I would do. Mm. And then I went through the next six years or so working four days a week uh, in, a, in an important job um, and one that would allow me time to do the other things I was passionate about. So focus on my health. Uh, I did my yoga teacher training because I wanted to get deep into... Um, my spiritual practice and my yoga practice. Mm -hmm. And then I went on this journey of doing this Masters of Wellness degree with a major in positive psychology because I really wanted to understand the science of thriving. Um, as we started off our conversation today, to really understand uh, the science as well as the application and how you bring all of that together. So that was my journey yeah. and that led me to writing the book. Wow. And I bet you if somebody told you, um, Megan, that 10 years ago you would be writing a book on this, you'd not believe them. No. Look, I always knew that I was going to write ever since I was a little girl. And, you know, there's a string of books oh, waiting to awesome. be written. It's one of my greatest passions. Um, mm. But when I look at my journey now, it's like, well, of course you were going to write this book because this is the 18 years that you've just lived. Yeah. And all of these learnings, you know, and, and lessons that come out of that, um, that, uh, that have, you know, have so much wisdom in it, as, as we all do. You know, we all have wisdom that, you know, to share. Well, and yeah, you, you lived your life story to be able to write about it. We're talking to Megan Dalla Camina. She just released her book called Getting Real About Having It All. I think anyone can benefit from this book, but it's definitely geared towards women and women in the workplace. I want to talk to you, Meg Megan, Megan, about the minding your emotions, That's something you also mention in the book and what that means. But the what is your opinion on where, how far we've come when it comes to women and men in the workplace. I mean, I'm Canadian, you're Australian. I know there was a time, because my mom has been just addicted to Australia her whole life. It was one of her biggest dreams to go there, and she spent a month there. Now, mind you, this was about 20 years ago. She was thinking, if I could live there and work, I would. And she realized that just being a woman and not being Australian would make it very difficult for her to get a job there because at that time it was a man-dominated workplace. I'm not sure what changes have been made in the last 20 years there. But what is your feeling about the level? Do you feel that women have caught up and we have just as much respect and just as much opportunity as men do or not? Yeah, look, this is, uh, this is a great topic, and I spend a, a huge amount of my time um, on, on this, you know, in, in workplaces looking at 
looking at how we drive to equality. I think where we're at, there's a lot of similarities between Australia and Canada in terms of you know our statistics and, and other things. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I think we have come. I mean, it's it's irrefutable how far we've come um, as uh, you know as a gender in terms of you know our rights and our availability to work, our um, access to, to education. I mean, in Australia, we have some of the highest rates of, of female graduates from university anywhere in the world, and it's it's. Uh, we have more women graduating out of university than we have men uh, in all mm. sorts of courses, from law to you know to 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 the arts, etc. So I think in terms of opportunity, um, you know we've come so far, but there is still a huge gap between you know young women coming out of university and how many female CEOs there are. And when I say this, you know, I could be talking about Australia, Canada, the US, you know, we're all in pretty much the same position, um, I believe, um, you know, in terms of that gap between mm-hmm. women coming into the workforce, women progressing through the workforce, and where we start to see them dip off, which is generally, you know, around that, you know, when we look at organisations around that sort of middle management level, um, and then we never catch up again as we go up, you know, through executive ranks into, you know, a senior executive roles and board positions. So there is still a huge amount of work to do, um, and I do a lot of that work here with our Discrimination Commissioner and other, you know, other, uh, you know, organisations. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a number of number of different reasons for that, you know, which which we could go into. Some of it is absolutely. Um, uh, female, you know, gender-related things like confidence, things like risk-taking, um, things like staying in until you, you know, until you leave. Um, you know, there are things there. Confidence is a huge one, and we could talk about that. And then, of course, there are the, you know, systemic uh, workplace issues um, and ways that, you know, workplaces just do not lend themselves to how women need to work. Uh, particularly women with caring responsibilities, and that can be children, can be aging parents. Um, and this is increasingly an issue, and I think this is going to get fleshed out a lot in the next, you know, five to ten years. This is becoming not just a women's issue. This is yeah. becoming, um, you know, a male men issue, Gen X men who want to spend more time with their kids. It's becoming a Gen Y issue for, for young men and women who don't want to work in the way that we have traditionally worked. And it's a it's an aging workforce issue. You know, we need more people in the workforce for longer, and you know, people over sixty perhaps don't want to work in the same way that we've worked. So there's a whole systemic issue around the workforce of this, from what that's going to look like, that will have a huge impact for women. But it's not just about women anymore. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think this is a good segue um, to talk about minding your emotions, because you were saying about the self confidence. And do you think that emotions get in the way for women becoming more successful? No, look, not necessarily. Um, I mean, when I talk about mind your emotions, I'm talking about I'm talking about it from a largely a positive psychology perspective of how to elicit positive emotions. You know, there's a lot of research that's been done uh, by Barbara Fredrickson around. Um, you know, 10 top positive emotions, and when we have more of those emotions in our days, you know, we're happier, more productive, we're healthier, etc. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's the perspective of which I talk about the positive emotions. Um, you know, in terms of in terms of, you know, women in the workplace and, and letting their emotions run away with them as, you know, the stereotypical view is, mm-hmm. I don't see a lot of that, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, men men behave one way and are and are geared one way and women are geared another way. And we need more workplaces in whatever shape and form that they exist in to um, to value every individual. This is the, the truth of diversity. You va- value every individual for their contribution, irrespective of whether you think that, um, you know, is, is, uh, has, is, is the right thing for a gender norm that you might have in your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think we see this a lot with leadership, you know, um, people hire in their own image and, you know, I hear stories of, and I'm sure this happens on both sides, I hear it a lot from the male perspective, oh, well, now I'm going to hire him because he's got the right attributes and he's got the right attributes because he looks like me, mm. you know, and again, yeah. you know, gender norms. So from an emotions perspective, you know, sure, we, you know, there's, there's always the experience where you've had a really bad meeting and you just want to go and burst into tears. And I say to women, if you need to burst into tears, for goodness sake, please go into the bathroom. <laughs> um, yes. You know, I say the same thing to a man. Um, so, of course, that does exist, but it, it's not a huge issue that I see that limits women in the workplace. Um, mm. Confidence, on the other hand, you know, which we can speak about, um, is absolutely something that, you know, I, I find is a limiting factor and um, research would support that. Okay. Yeah, that that makes a a lot of sense. I do agree with you too that nowadays, because there's so many women in the workplace, I don't see a difference between, you know, the emotional side, you know, the stereotypical emotional side of women and men. I think women and I think women can communicate very clearly, very easily with men. In fact, I have always worked in a more male orientated situation and I can tell you I've seen a lot of emotional men now they don't sit there and break out in tears but <laughs> you can tell when they're getting emotional about something it's out as ego or it comes out as anger um, in a, in a yeah. different way but I think they're just as emotional as as we can be we're talking to Megan Dalla uh, Kamina, she has just released her book called Getting Real About Having It All. And we're going to talk more with her and about her book after this break. You are listening to The Holly Hall Show here at A2N.FM. Global news with an astrological twist. If you want to get a hold of me, I'd love to have you as a friend on Facebook at Astro Holly. Or contact me at hollyhall at A2N.FM. We welcome your phone call, your questions, and comments. Please call now, 815-880-TALK. Come on, what's stopping you? 815-880-8255. You can Skype us for free from anywhere. Just add us to your Skype. A2Zen.fm is our Skype name. Or you can find the logo and click on it on our website. Call now at 815-880-TALK. Chat soon. You're listening to A2Zen FM, life-altering talk radio. 
Anything from activism to Zen and everything in between, right here and now. Informative, inspiring, engaging. Our hosts provide you with the global news and educated advice you need to make a difference in your life, in your world. Knowledge is power. A2Zen.fm Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Holly Hall Show, and I'm talking to Megan Dalla Camina. She wrote the book, Getting Real, About Having It All. You will be able to find the book and the link to all her information on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash A2ZenFM. And you can also find it on my Facebook page at Astro Holly. That's on Facebook. And also, of course, on the A to Zen website. The one thing I do have to mention, though, I mean, one of my favorite colors is blue, every shade of blue. So her book is blue. But what I love about it is all the little icons. It's like a circle around the title, getting real about having it all. And it was like, oh, my gosh, you know, we do want all that stuff. There's the airplane for trips and the heart for love. And we've got, oh, a shoe, you know, everybody likes shoes. And the computer <laughs> and the educational cap, like, wow, it's all there. Security, little, it's all there. Peace. It's and the, great. the martini and the cupcake. <laughs> yes, that's it. And yeah, it's just, it just, it's a circle, right? It's just nonstop, you know? It just goes yeah. around and around and exactly. around. And just like you, you had said, the treadmill, or some people call it the the, the hamster wheel. You know, where we're just going, yeah. going fast and getting getting nowhere fast sometimes. Now, now we, we were talking about minding your emotions, but you've also got in here about it's all about relationships. What do you mean by that? Well, everything really is is about relations, isn't it? I mean, we're you know we're social creatures. We're con- we we're connectors. Um, and you know, when you look at you look at the science of of happiness and thriving, mm-hmm. a lot of it really comes down to who do you connect with, um, how do you feel about how you connect with people, and um, you know who's in your world. I mean, you you can you can tell when you're having a good day if you get to speak to your you know you speak to your best friend or you're with that work colleague who you know, it just makes you light up, you know, when you engage with them or, you know, you get to spend time with your kids or you get to spend time away from your kids sometimes, you know, it's that balance. Yeah. But um, when it comes down to it, it's really all about the people in our lives mm-hmm. uh, and how we, uh, you know, and how we connect with them. So, yeah, it really is all about relationships, both on a, you know, in a work context and also in a personal context. Yeah, and I, I can see what you mean too. And I think the more that we look at, even our relationship with ourselves, like what do we what what do we need on a daily basis that makes us feel happy? You know, like some people like to be in large groups of people. Other people would rather be alone. Some people like to be very creative. Other people would rather be more intellectual and do you know do you know crunch numbers or work on a computer. Uh, what are your hobbies? What are your personal interests that make you get, you know, all excited inside like a kid before Christmas? Those are the things that I think you need to incorporate into your job. You know, have, yeah, have, absolutely. And you, yeah. you said a you said a really important thing there. You said the relationship with yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think for so many people, unfortunately, um, they may have great external relationships, but mm-hmm. they have a real lack of an inner life. And, mm-hmm. and connection with themselves, mm-hmm. which, you know, coming back to, 
um, where I started around, you know, having that skill, bringing that stillness into your day so that you are connected to yourself mm-hmm. um, because well, everything else starts with that. Everything else starts with that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that you said that, that was, I just wanted to pick up on that because it's a really important message. Yeah, and I think that's what you were saying, just having that stillness within yourself, reading reading great books like yours, which I wanted to talk about that as well too. Now, how, can you give our listeners an idea of how the book reads? Is it something you need to read from cover to cover, or can you just pick it up and read any page? Um, is it a workbook type of environment where it gives you homework and things to work on throughout the book? Yeah, so um, thank you for asking. Um, so it's in it's in three sections. Um, the first section is all about bringing out your personal best. The second section is around your career. And the third section is all around well-being um, and becoming well-woman, as I, as I like to call her. Um, it's, it's short chapter format. So it's really, it's an easy read. I've had people email, email me saying, I feel like I'm sitting in the room with them having a conversation it's you know it's very conversational it's very accessible mm. uh, so you can pick you could read a chapter a day it's probably i don't know 15 minutes you know a chapter and dip in and out um, at the end of every chapter i have three points so it might be a reminder about something you know that was in that chapter or it could be you know here's three things you know go and try this um you know, with your life vision, here are three exercises, you know, go and have a play with that and see what comes up for you. So, yeah, so, you know, that's what it is. Very, I wanted to write it in a way that was easy to read, that was light. So there's a lot of science that sits behind what I write, but you won't know that reading it because I don't think anyone wants to come home at the end of a long day and and read a scientific book. You know, I wanted it to be fun, it's playful, um, you know, and it's very, very easy to read with accessible ideas. Oh, that sounds great. Now, is there any other places that they can buy the book rather than online? Are you in any brick-and-mortar stores yet? Um, in Australia, yes, but it's not in bookstores in Canada yet. It is pending release in Canada. But you can, um, for anyone who, you can you can order it from Australia, um, and on my website, um, if you actually, if people want to go to the book website, mm-hmm. it's just getting real about having it all.com. And you can see all the stores online where you can buy it in Australia. And then if you want to buy the ebook, it's on Amazon, it's on Barnes and Noble, oh. it's on iTunes, Perfect. in all of the different electronic formats. Yes. Yes. Well, we have a a large bulk of our listenership is in the United States, and the iPhones and the iPads are very popular. So these Kindle books are are very popular there. So I'm glad that you yes, mentioned absolutely. that. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I'm glad. Yeah. You've so got just sales. Gone up and it will be released in the U.S. Canada this year. We're just waiting on the publish, publication date for the, uh, you know, for the uh, for the paperback. Wow. And then we're, you're just going to have to travel around with your book, start a book signing tour. <laughs> I will. I will. I'm actually going to New York in two weeks for, for other work. And I absolutely look forward to going to, to coming to Canada and, and going to the U.S. Uh, yeah, for, for book talks and discussions and all sorts of fun things. Wow, you're gonna stir I up a, a dream. A, you're gonna stir up a lot of pots. I think you're gonna have a lot of women 
um, available there. And I think the key thing, too, is that all of our children are future uh, people that are going to be working in in the workplace. And what do we want to teach them? You know, especially our girls. What do we want to teach them? Um, and some of these big multi, you know, these big huge companies are going to be hopefully hiring uh, some of our girls, our young girls in society right now. Yeah. Oh, look, absolutely. I've had women say to me they, you know, going to save this book for their daughter. Um, you know, I think one of the one of my intentions when I wrote it was for the Gen Y women coming mm-hmm. through and the women, you know, I talk to girls in schools, you know, all the time and it's having them create their vision and work and live the way that they want to do it and not fall into all of the traps and mistakes that we've made. You know, learn from our lessons and and uh, and create their life in a way that is going to work for them from the start, not have to have a, a right. burnout or something else happen to uh, you know to go and recreate themselves. So you know that's one of my that's one of my hopes for the book. Do you feel that our children or our family um, dynamics has been compromised at all by women going into the workplace? Oh, look, it's a really interesting question. And look, I think I think you could you could answer that in fifty different ways. Yeah. Um, everybody has an opinion on that. The latest research that I've seen says that uh, there's two things, two pieces of research. Marcus Buckingham did a really interesting piece of research that said that um, that children don't want aren't in this is research. Children aren't asking for more time with their parents and particularly with their mothers. They're asking for time when they're not stressed. Yes. Which is why I spend so much of my time focused on helping women um, Mm -hmm. and, you know, people people in general um, on how to get this balance and how to, you know, create this life that's going to work for them so that when, when when we are with our kids, we're happy, we're engaged, um, and we want to be there, we're not still thinking that we're at the office. Yeah. So that's the first thing. The other piece of research that I've seen recently says that um, the children of working mothers are actually um, happier, more well-balanced, etc., than um, and the women are happier as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, look, I think, I think you can go to any extreme. If, if you're working 80 hours a week, then, yeah, I'm sure on some level, you know, your kids um, would be happier if you're not working 80 hours a week. And I can say that from personal experience. I think it's all about finding the balance, and I don't think it's an either-or answer. I think it's yeah. how do you find the end? What's in yeah. the end um, mm-hmm. to, uh, to get the win-win for everybody? Yeah, I have to agree with and, you. Uh, sorry, um, one more thing. I think we also have sure. to get past this question of putting this all on the mothers, right? Putting yeah. this all on the women. Um, you know, we still don't ever ask the father, you know, can you have it all? Um, yeah. or, or ask that question of the men. And yeah. that's where we need to get to as a society, that it's about both parents, it's about the family unit, or the carers, you know, if, if there's not parents or, you know, single parents, whatever it is. How does the family unit work and function in a way that's in the best interest of everybody in that family unit, not just, oh, well, you know, the mother's working, the child's suffering. We need to move past this discussion. 
Yeah, and and I agree with you. We're talking to uh, Megan Dalla Camina. She just released her book, Getting Real About Having It All. We've got about three minutes left, so I just want you to one more time uh, give everybody the, all of the contacts that you have for them to get a hold of you. I don't know if you have a Facebook page or not. Can you give that out to our audience um, okay. right now, Megan? It's- Thank you. Absolutely. I'd love to connect with your audience. So my website, megandalacamina.com, or you can go to gettingrealabouthavingitall.com, and you can connect with me on Twitter, which is at mdalacamina, M-D-A-L-L-A-C-A-M-I-N-A. And if you Google my name, you'll see all of my LinkedIn, Facebook Pinterest, Perfect. Instagram, <laughs> you'll see all of my, uh, all of my, there's way too many now. Fabulous. I know there's so many, right? It's like we're everywhere. So if you just put Megan Delacamina into Google, you'll see everything. <laughs> well, Megan, thank you very much. This is a delightful conversation. I would definitely love to have you on again to keep uh, my audience, um, just, just I've got a large woman, women audience, and I think they need more of this type of information. And there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there, a lot of women who would like to be creative and have and run their own business or have their own business and do something that they really love and uh, making a living of it as well. And I want to thank you for writing this book. It is very, very well needed book right now <laughs> in this world. Thank you very oh, much, thank Megan. Thank you so much, Holly. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. That was Megan Dalla Camina. She just released her book called Getting Real About Having It All. What a delightful conversation. There is nothing, one of, that is one of the most passionate things that I have right now is about women and getting what they want. But, you know, I agree with, with Megan, we're men too. I mean, I'm sure there's men listening to this show right now going, hey, I'm not happy with my job. <laughs> you know, I don't exactly have everything I want. So read the book. You both can read the book together. It sounds like it's a very easy read, and you can find more of her work at megandalacamina.com or also getting real about having it all.com. So next week, I have uh, quite a few people emailing me on Facebook because I've got a big Stitchers crowd out there, Stitcher Smart Radio, and they're emailing me about questions to do with astrology. And I've got some emails that I have to answer. I didn't get a chance to do it on this show, so I'm going to do it on my next show. If you want to get a hold of me, you know where to get a hold of me, facebook.com forward slash astroholly. You can ask me any question you want, and I'll answer it for you on air. So that's what we're going to do next week, and we'll also talk about the week ahead for the horoscopes and maybe the week behind since I didn't get to it. Good night, everyone.